0: Hey, this is Pastor Aram, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. If you have your Bible, turn it to Hebrews, the 12th chapter. We're starting a brand new series today called Dating Destiny. How many of you understand that God has a purpose, a plan, and a destiny for each and every person. But with your destiny, there is also a relationship involved, a relationship between who you are right now and who you are becoming. There is a relationship between where you are now and where you are going, and that relationship has to be nurtured. It's just like any other relationship. You know that if you have a friendship, There's things that you have to do to maintain that friendship. If you are in a relationship, whether it be dating or you're married, you have to nurture that relationship in order for it to grow. If you just kick into autopilot, I promise you that relationship at some point in time will begin to malfunction. Husbands, hear me today. Never go autopilot on your wife. She deserves the best of you. And so I want to encourage you today to to nurture not only the physical relationships that you have around you, but you need to nurture the relationship between who you are right now and who God has designed you to be, because it is through your nurturing of that relationship that it begins to grow and you begin to expand and increase and become the person that God has called you to be. And so that's what we're going to be talking about in this series of dating Destiny, And today we're going to be dealing with the topic of not forfeiting your focus. Will you turn to the person next to you and say, don't forfeit your focus. Did you know no one can take your focus away from you? It's only something that you can willfully give away, and focus is important. And that's why the enemy does everything within his ability and his power to shift your focus. Because if he can get you looking at the wrong thing, he can move you in the wrong direction. Are you hearing me? If he can get you looking at the wrong thing, he can get you moving in the wrong direction. And it may not happen overnight, but little by little by little, you'll see that you'll begin to drift away. I uh, love to go out on the boat, with my family. And yesterday we were out and I pulled up into the spot and I got on the front of the boat and I was going to do a little bit of fishing. The kids, my wife were on the boat, just kind of hanging out. And as I was fishing, my little three-year-old Isla, she said, daddy, I want to drive the boat. And so she climbed up into the captain's chair and I said, you go for it, sweetheart. I knew that she didn't know how to turn the key. So we were, we were safe, you know? And so I said, I said, go for it. So she got up there and she said, which way you want to go, dad? I said, any way you want. And she was just yanking that steering wheel all over the place. And she was having a really good time, but we weren't going anywhere. Because it's more than just steering. You have to have throttle. And when I was thinking about that, I was thinking about the fact that in our life, the steering wheel of our life is our vision. Vision gives us the direction that we want to go in. But the vision without the throttle, which is focus, Is useless. It doesn't matter how much vision you have, and vision is important. I'm a vision guy. The Bible says without a vision, people perish, people cast off restraint, which means if you don't have a vision for your life, you'll wander through life aimlessly. So I am a vision guy, but your vision has to have focus because focus is what drives the vision forward. And for me, if I could be honest with you, vision is easy for me. Focus is not. I can have great dreams for my life, for my family, for our church. I can cast big vision. The challenge for me, and this may not be your challenge, but the challenge for me is keeping my focus. So that's what I want to talk about today is the importance of our focus, the the importance of maintaining your focus, the importance of staying fixed on the right thing. The Bible says in Hebrews 12 verse one, "'Therefore, since we are surrounded "'by so great a cloud of witnesses, "'let us also lay aside every weight and sin "'which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance.'" Somebody say endurance. "'The race that is set before us looking to Jesus, "'the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Now I want to read that one more time, and this time I want to add just a little bit of commentary so that you get some context for what the writer's talking about. Because he starts off by saying, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... Well, if you read in chapter 11, the previous chapter, you see that the cloud of witnesses that he is referring to are the people of faith that have gone before us. They had faith, they maintained their faith, and now they're in the reward of their faith. And he's saying we're surrounded by them, and just like they lived, we need to live also by casting off every weight and sin. Now hear what I'm saying it's not just sin that will bog you down and slow you down we know that sin is is terrible we know that the wages of sin is death we know that sin will slow you down but there's also some weights that we pick up along the way that aren't necessarily sin but they slow us down and so the writer here he's saying you've got to remember there are people that have gone before you that have had the trials just like you have they've had challenges They've had obstacles just like you have faced. They've experienced pain, they've experienced rejection, yet they held on in faith. They maintained their faith. They didn't give up, they didn't back off, and because of that, now they're standing in the reward. And just like them, you can make it. You need to cast some stuff off, and you need to run your race with endurance. Because it doesn't matter how good you start, it's how good you finish. I mean, it's great to have a good, good start, but starting something well is meaningless if you don't finish it well. You can start your marriage really good, really in love, but if you don't maintain that, you can end very poorly. That's why I tell every couple that I marry, I always say this, I say start your marriage the way you want it to end and end your marriage the way you started it. We need some endurance. This race that we're in called life, if we're gonna make it to the finish line well, we have to endure. Then the writer doesn't just tell us to run well and to endure, he gives us the secret to endurance. Are you ready for this? Looking to Jesus. Everybody's like, what? (laughs) Looking to Jesus, keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus, focusing your attention on Jesus who is the author And the finisher of our faith. He's the one that has started this thing. And he is the one that will complete it. And just by staying focused on him, you'll have what you need to endure to the end. Then he goes on and says this about Jesus. He says, he is the one. For he is the one. For the joy. Watch this. He who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So he's telling us the way that Jesus endured the pain and the suffering of the cross was through focus. The pain was real. I cannot even begin to imagine the pain and the suffering that Jesus went through on the cross. But he didn't focus on the pain. He focused on the joy that was set before him. Listen, your focus is important. What you're looking at is important because that will determine how well you make it through a thing. There's no guarantee in life that you'll make it through life without any pain. There's no guarantee in life that just because you're a Christian, everything will be sunshine and roses around you. That's not the promise. The promise is that you can endure. You can stand in the midst of the storm, and it happens by keeping your focus, looking at the right thing. For the joy that was set before him, he focused on the family that he was going to be bringing into the kingdom of God. That's what gave him the endurance he needed to go through everything he went through. Where's your focus? Focus is extremely important, and that's why the enemy does everything he can to try to shift you into the wrong direction. Because if he can get you looking at the wrong thing, he can bring destruction into your life. As a matter of fact, he does not have to destroy you. All he has to do is shift your focus and you'll destroy yourself. He shifts your focus, you'll destroy your marriage. See, we always think that the enemy's doing, oh, the, Satan's just out to get me today, brother. No, no, no. He's out to shift your focus. You'll get yourself. I mean, think about Adam and Eve in the garden. The enemy comes to them and all he does is he starts talking about how good the fruit looks. Man, that piece of fruit looks yummy. And the Bible says when they turned their attention to the fruit and saw that it was pleasing to the eyes, seemed like it would taste good, then they took the fruit. They ate it. The devil didn't shove it down their throat. All he did was get them to look in the wrong direction. If he can shift your focus, he can destroy you. If he can shift your focus, you can destroy your marriage. If he sh- are you following Your purpose and destiny are the same thing. In order to nurture the relationship between who you are and who you are becoming, you have to have focus and it has to be intentional. Somebody say intentional. Intentional. You have to intentionally set yourself in such a way that you say, I'm going to keep my eyes fixed. Not on what's happening around me, but on what God is doing in me and through me. The reason we mess up so many times is we get caught up with what's going on around us. We start looking at how bad the storm is and we forget that Jesus is walking on the water in the midst of the storm and calling us to walk out there with him. Are you you following this? Your focus is extremely important. And as I was thinking about focus and and forfeiting it and, and giving it away, my mind automatically went to the story of Samson, which many of us are familiar with. We're familiar with his story. We're familiar with his strength and everything that he accomplished in life. But it started with a covenant that God made with him before he was even formed in his mother's womb. God said, here's the things that you cannot do. Can't do this, can't do this. Don't ever let a razor touch your head. And if you respond to that agreement, then I will give you strength. I'll use you in a mighty and powerful way. I'll use you as one of my judges. And so Samson was used in an incredible way and did incredible feats of strength. And I do not believe that it was because he had a membership to the 24 hour fitness. I don't personally think that Samson was a buff guy. I mean, he probably looked nothing like me. <laughs> You're welcome. I mean, he, prob- he probably looked, you know. Sorry, I was going to point somebody out and let me. I would have used you as the weaker vessel, so I won't do that. But, <laughs> you know, his strength was not in his physical ability, his strength was in his covenant with God. And as long as he stayed true and kept his eyes fixed on that agreement, he prospered and walked in strength. But through all of the phenomenal things that he accomplished, he also had an issue. Samson was a skirt chaser. Samson liked the ladies. If you want to get a graphic novel, read Judges 13 through Judges 16 and see all the stuff that Samson did. The ladies caught Samson's attention, and the enemy was able to use the shift of focus in the wrong direction to bring devastation to him. Because one day, Samson enters into this relationship with this lady named Delilah, and the Bible says that he lays his head into her lap, and she starts pressing him, wanting him to tell her the secret to his strength. And she tries him over and over again, and you would think that Samson would would like catch on but obviously delilah was putting out something that samson couldn't refuse or handle or deal with and it was good enough to say hey here's the deal somebody cuts my hair off i lose my strength and she betrays him someone that he trusted someone that he loved betrays him and the enemy is able to come in and take him and they gouge his eyes out but watch this before he lost his physical vision his physical ability to see he lost his focus If he would have kept his focus, his head would never have been in the wrong lap. His lack of focus forfeited his destiny. Think about how important this is. Looking at the wrong thing can take you into the wrong direction. That's why Habakkuk 2.2 says that we need to, don't just have a vision. God says write down that vision. Make it plain upon tablets so that he who reads it may run well. What's, what's God trying to say? Don't just have the vision, write it down so that it's something that you can set before you, something that you can focus on because if you can focus on it, you'll head not just in the right direction, but you'll head there with some movement because you got the throttle on. So Samson, his life is derailed in this moment because he lost focus of what God had said. God had an amazing purpose and plan and destiny for Samson. But Samson's focus gets shifted. And he gets captured. The man who no one could stand against is now a man that anyone can stand against. Think about that. A man who would kill multiplied, I mean, tons of people all at once can now be confined by a few because his focus is where his strength came from. See, focus. proper focus brings strength. Proper focus brings endurance. Proper focus is what activates and releases the blessing and the favor of God in your life. And so they got him now, he's he's captive. And they're using him to make sport of, They're, they're making fun of him and one day they decide to bring him out in front of everyone. And as he's standing there and he hears the jeers of the people and he hears the mocking and he hears the ridiculing, something shifts inside of him where he turns off the noise. He turns off what's going on around him. He even shifts his eyes off of his past mistakes. He's not going to stare at his past. He's not going to stare at what happened with Delilah. He's going to look forward. He's going to look to God once again. See, some of us, we get get stuck where we are because we're so busy focusing on our past, where we came from. Some of us never get delivered from anything because we're so caught up with what we did in the past. You are forgiven. Do you understand? Once you say, Father, forgive me, you are forgiven. Stop living there. Stop dwelling there. Samson shifts his eyes off of all these things. And in this moment when he can't see physically, his focus comes into alignment. And he says, God, I'm asking that you would use me one more time. And as he shifts his focus, his strength begins to come back, and he defeated more through his death than he did in his life. Which is good news, which means no matter how far you've drifted off through improper focus, you can always bring it back into proper alignment. But remember this when you lose your focus, just like the boat, you lose the throttle, and it just drifts little by little. It may not start off as a big drift. Like a few days in, you may not even realize it, but over time, you'll notice the change. So we want to have a focused mind, a focused mouth, and a focused heart. Somebody said focused mind, focused mouth, and a focused heart. Let's look at this. We'll have some fun with this this morning. Your life, we're talking about the mind, your life will head in the direction of your greatest thought. Whatever you focus on is what you will gravitate towards. Have you ever hung out with someone that's extremely positive? Anybody? By a show of hands, someone that's just happy all the time no matter what's going on? I'm not that guy. Anybody ever hung out with uh, someone who's just negative all the time? Have you ever noticed you can put them in the same exact situation and they'll see it completely different? It's because of what they're focused on. Have I told you all about the, the guy who had the optimistic son and the pessimistic son? Have I told you all this before? So this guy, he had a son who was extremely negative all the time, and he had a son that was extremely positive all the time. And he, so he wanted to do an experiment, and he wanted to see if he could make his positive son negative and his negative son positive. So he takes the boy who's always happy all the time, and he puts him in, front, in a room full of manure and hands him a shovel. <laughs> then he takes the kid who's always negative and he puts him in a room full of gifts, wrapped presents. And he stands out in the hallway, and he's waiting to see what's going to happen. And and he notices the room with the negative son with all the gifts. It's really quiet, but the room that's got the happy kid with all the horse poop, he hears laughing and singing. And he goes into the room with the negative kid, and he's like, what is going on? you got all these gifts why aren't you happy because dad I started thinking if I start opening all these gifts there's gonna be so much trash and I'm gonna have to deal with the trash and all this stuff finding the negative he goes to the kid who's singing in the horse manure room he says son what has taken hold of you you're shoveling manure singing he said dad I figure if I'm in a room full of manure there's got to be a horse somewhere (laughs) see it's all it's all focus but it's true like I can be in the same situation that my wife is in and we'll see it completely different because I call myself a realist. She calls it negativity, but I'm a realist. And and so like I, I point, like I will automatically see what's wrong with the situation and it doesn't matter how wrong the situation is, she'll always see what's right with it. Same situation. And so whatever you're looking for is what you will find. If you're always looking for the negative, I promise you'll find it. It's like the hummingbird and the vulture. Hummingbirds fly around all day looking for sweet things. Do you know what they find? Sweet things. Vultures fly around all day looking for dead things. Do you know what they find? Dead things. Where's the focus of your mind? Because that's what you'll gravitate towards. Some of you, it's not that life is so bad. It's just your focus is terrible. Some of you, your marriage isn't as bad as you think it is. Your focus is just terrible. Your focus is important. Isaiah 26.3 says, You keep him talking about God. God keeps him or the person in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So here's the promise. God knows how to keep you at perfect peace, but here's the responsibility. You've got to keep your mind focused on him. Are you seeing that? Abundant peace is available to every child of God. But the responsibility is your ability to focus. You know i was this summer we had the opportunity to travel a good bit because my wife's a school teacher and a lot of people in her family teach so they don't have to do anything during the summer and um, so we had the opportunity to travel a good bit and i noticed as we got out and we were traveling and we were having a good time i got so busy doing the vacation stuff that my routine got shaken up anybody know what i'm talking about like your routine just completely changes and so, you know, they're wanting to get up early and do seashell walks, and that's not my thing, but I'm a team player, you know, trying to be positive, you know, uh, so, so you know, realistically, this sucks, but hey, let's find some seashells, you know, because every house in Dallas, Georgia, needs to be decorated with seashells, you know? We're a house full of semen. Uh, so, uh, so anyway, sorry, so anyway, you get so busy doing what you're doing that your routine breaks up. And so it's like the normal time that I would have in the morning where I spend time in prayer and studying scripture. It's like, well, I got other stuff going on or maybe one day you're sleeping in a lot late. I mean, I'm not gonna wake up at 6 a.m. every morning on vacation, you know? And so things begin to change. It's like, well, I'll get around to it later. And you don't, right? And so as, as time went on, as the vacation went on, I started noticing like, like I started just feeling terrible. And it's almost like depression started trying to come on my life. And I was like, what in the world is going on? Like, I'm in a beautiful place. I'm with my family. Everything, everything in life is going good. Yet I feel terrible. And I realized it was my focus. It was my focus. I backed off of the things that I knew to do. Again, I wasn't sinning. I wasn't out like, you know, wreaking havoc on the, on the beach. You know, I was doing life, spending time with my family, but my focus shifted. And because my focus shifted, that thing, that, that, that depression was able to try to come on. And I realized, I've got to do something about this. See, the focus is your responsibility. If I can keep my mind focused on God, he'll keep me at perfect peace. And it doesn't matter what's going on around me. Are you seeing that? I can have peace in the midst of it. I can have joy in the midst of it. Jesus said, I came that my joy could be in you so that your joy may be full. That's what God is saying to us. Like as children of God, we can operate in peace and joy, but it comes through our focus. Somebody see your focus. So watch this. Colossians 3.2. Set your minds on things that are above and not things that are on earth. He's not saying, hey, start staring at the stars. He's saying you need to start getting a heavenly perspective, understanding that everything that's going on around you is temporal. Everything that we hear going on around us is temporary. It will change. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So we need to set our minds on the things of God and start removing all the junk that we're filling ourselves with every day because it is junk. And what the enemy is doing is he has released a spirit of fear. Hear what I'm saying? He has released a spirit of fear that many have bought into and it has stripped them of their hope. And because it has stripped them of their hope, their faith is now lying dormant. And now that their faith is lying dormant, they're useless. Did you catch that? That was a mouthful. But he's released all this stuff that's calling fear, causing fear and panic and worry and anxiety, and we are eating it up, and we are continually feeding ourselves with it day in, day out. We're talking about it. We're meditating on it, and that fear is coming into our life, and it's settling in. It's because our focus is not in the right place at some point in time we've got to put our eyes back on jesus and say yes things may not be that great going on around me but i know in whom i believe and i am persuaded that he is in control he is in charge and because my life is in his hands i am going to be okay i'm gonna make it i will be the head and not the tail i will be above and not beneath i will increase and never decrease i will always move forward and never move are you seeing that? I don't know where we got to this point to where we think that the news is the gospel. And I'm not, I'm not you do whatever you want. I'm, I'm not against people, or, but we, we listen to the news and it becomes our gospel. It becomes our truth. The only truth I have is found in the word of God. So I don't care what's. I don't. Well, don't you want to know what's going on in the world? No, not really, because my life's not governed by the world. My life's not even governed by the economy of this world. Did you know that? You read the story about the man in the scripture who sowed in the time of famine. Are you familiar with that story? So he woke up one day. He forgot to turn on the news. He didn't look at the Dow. He didn't see that sowing was down. sowing's down. Now's a good time to take your seed and turn it into something to eat. So he, didn't, he's, he missed that whole report. And so he goes out, and the Bible says he sowed in a time of famine. But see, the hand of God's on his life. The favor of God is on his life. And the Bible says in that same year, he reaped a hundredfold. So it doesn't matter what's going on in the economy. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. Those things don't affect us nor touch us as long as our focus is right. Now, you, you, you shift your focus to get your focus wrong, you're in trouble you right hear what I'm saying? But see, the enemy, he has stripped us of our hope. He's stripped us of our hope, which causes our, la- our faith to lie dormant. And when our faith lies dormant, we become useless. So we have to set our minds on things that are above. He's given us the mind of Christ. So Bob, I need to daily, Father, let me see it the way you see it. Let me think about this the way you think about it because what I'm seeing is, is earthly and temporary. All I can see is this situation the way it is, but you see it for what it can become. So I, I wanna see it from your perspective. How many of you understand that would change your life, seeing things from God's perspective? Seeing your neighbor from God's perspective? Seeing your spouse from God's perspective? It would change everything, so we gotta have our minds focus on the proper thing. Our mouth, this is where a lot of us get in trouble, myself included. Ephesians 4, 29 says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up. So in other words, if what I am saying is not building up something or building up someone, I probably just should just refrain from saying it. I don't need to speak corrupting talk, I need to be speaking words that are building up we understand that the the scripture teaches us that death and life are in the power of your tongue and the mouth has the ability to shift your focus not just through what you're saying but through what you're allowing yourself to hear pink horse how many of you just in your mind saw a pink horse because I said it it shifted your focus it took our attention off of what was going on here in the message and now you're sitting there thinking about a pink horse. Why? Because I said pink horse. And if you weren't thinking about a pink horse before, now you're thinking about a pink horse. Does it have purple hair? Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> words are powerful. Words pave the road that you will travel down. The, roads you, the words you speak as well as the words that you allow to settle in your heart that someone else says. That's why you've got to be so filled with the truth of God that there's no room for the deception of the enemy. You have to be so focused on the word of God that you can't hear what others are saying that is negative about you. Listen, I'm not a name it, claim it, blab it, grab it guy. I am not. But I am a God has said this and I will say it about me and my family. That's what we were talking about earlier. Like if God has said that I will prosper, I will prosper. If God has said you'll be in health, I will be in health. If God says that I can have peace, I will have peace. If God says I can have joy, I will have joy. I didn't say it earlier cuz my daughter Stella was in here, but you know we we that we read that scripture about 10 times more wisdom understanding. We started doing that a couple of years ago. Stella had a learning disability. And she had to have special teachers and stuff, and they would come and work with her and remove her and all this stuff, and we never told Stella that because I thought, I mean, why, why would we say that? We would tell her stuff like, you're fearfully wonderfully made and quote scriptures like that and pray over her. She starts middle school tomorrow. Every class she has is an AC class. Are you see what I'm saying? I didn't, ignore, I didn't ignore the truth of what someone was saying. I just chose to believe a different report and confess a different report. So again, it's not name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. It's this is what God has said, and this is what I will say. Some of you, your life has been shaped by the negative words you've allowed to be said about you. Parents, grandparents, you're a loser, you're nothing, you'll never be nothing, you'll never accomplish anything. You've allowed that to settle in your heart and you are living from that source of those negative words. And today you need to allow God to break that off of you and you need to step into the freedom and the truth of what God says about you. That you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are valuable, you are needed, you are precious, you do have a purpose. God does have a plan for your life. God does have a destiny for you. Amen? So, so I, I want to keep my mind right, but i got to keep my mouth right. Not just what I'm saying, but also what I'm hearing. Then my heart, my heart has to be in the right place. The Bible says, Proverbs 4.23, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Now watch this. Praise directs the focus of my heart. Praise directs the focus of my heart and the focus of my heart, according to the scripture, will direct the course of my life. So my praise brings me into alignment to where I shift my heart onto Jesus, onto the goodness of God. And that begins to change things in me and around me. The other day I was sitting in my truck, I was by myself, Uh, Lillian, my daughter, was at cheer practice, so I'm sitting in the truck. And as I'm sitting there, I just began to praise God and thank Him for the trees and thank Him for the sky and thank Him for all this stuff. What am I doing? I am praising Him. It's redirecting my heart. And the atmosphere in that truck actually began to change. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. There are so many things that God has available for each and every one of us, and we can actually step into those things, but we've got to start to develop a relationship between who we are right now and who we want to become. We've got to start fixing our mind. We've got to start fixing our mouth. We've got to start fixing our heart on Jesus because according to Hebrews, the 12th chapter, that's what gives us the endurance. The endurance comes from looking at Jesus, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. What are we looking at? What are we staring at? And can we intentionally decide that this week I'm going to change it? I'm gonna fill my house with praise. I'm gonna watch this week how I speak to my wife. I'm gonna watch this week how I speak to my children because I understand those things are creating an atmosphere that I'm gonna live in. I can change the course of my life by fixing my eyes, my mind, my mouth, my heart on Jesus and starting to live from that flow of what he's doing in me and through me. Listen, you are a temple your life is a home a dwelling place designed for the spirit of God to live in and fill but if you are not intentionally allowing the Spirit of God to fill your life and dwell in your temple something else will come in you make room for other things to come in by not being filled Jesus teaches that. He says, you know, you come, you cast out the demons, the house is cleaned, but then a demon comes back, finds that the house isn't filled, it's empty, and goes and gets seven worse, and they come and move in. What happened? The house didn't get filled. So God comes in, he cleanses the house, but we have to allow the house to be filled by his spirit. Because anytime we are not, we, well, listen, let's put it this way, you will always be filled by something or someone. And so through your focus, you intentionally fill yourself daily with the Holy Spirit. Daily through your focus, through your praise, through your prayer, through your study of the word. All of these things are what directs our focus so that he can come in and dwell and fill us that day. But when you don't, You make room for the enemy to come in and start messing with your life i've seen it happen i've seen it happen in my life i'm sure some of you you've seen it happen in your life it didn't start off all bad but you drift like the boat it drifts it drifts it drifts until you get further and further off course today is the day we come back on course today's the day that you and i come back on course Father, for everyone who's watching online today, we ask that you would move in a mighty and a powerful way. Lord, your word says that if we will meditate on your word, if we'll confess your word, if we'll be careful to walk in your word, that we will actually make our way prosperous and we'll find good success. So Lord, you've given the promise, but the responsibility is ours to focus and go after it. And so today, Lord, I'm asking that you would give us the endurance and the strength that we need to pursue the things that you've called us into. In Jesus' name, amen.